Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Happy birthday to Ross right there. He's walking around. Happy birthday, Ross. Find your seats. God bless everyone. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's a great joy and a privilege, a pleasure to introduce today uh, a speaker. He's not really, he's a guest speaker, but he's not a guest to New Life Church. He's been around New Life Church for 17 years. He and I have been colleagues working together. I've gotten to work under his leadership. Daniel Grothy is the pastor for New Life Friday Night. Any New Life Friday Nighters? You've been to New Life Friday Night? It's like half the congregation. God bless you guys. So you'll feel right at home. Daniel is uh, like the second tier of leadership at New Life Church, as far as all the congregations. He's one of our elders. He's really the face of the covering that is New Life Church. And so well, I'm going to introduce him uh, to come up here. And I just think about, hopefully this is, hopefully this is a really good, um, just a picture of who Daniel is. And maybe, like, maybe one of the best things I could say about someone, I'm going to get a little emotional, but I think about like how I pastor, how I um, parent, how I counsel, how I lead. And I often think like through the days, through my weeks, I think, man, I, how would Daniel Grothy handle this situation? And so here's, here's a man that is um, invested into me. And um, uh, you're not supposed to cry while introducing a guest speaker. Gosh, you're supposed to like lighten the mood. And like, let me tell you some fun facts about Daniel. Daniel, his wife, Lisa, they have three uh, kids. They live north and east of here, about like three hours north of it. <laughs> not that far. They have a little farm. Daniel is a drummer. He, he drummed with a band that was nominated for a Grammy, right? Is this true? It's a true story. And he knows scripture I think better than anyone I know. Like if you have a verse you've memorized, start, this, test him after the service. Just start quoting. I mean, don't make it easy. Like not John three sixteen. something kind of hard. And he will go right along. He knows scripture. He knows people's names. And this is a reflection of how he pastors. He knows the people. And he is, the best thing I could say right now, come on up here, is he's going to tell us about Jesus. He's going to yes. speak to us about Jesus. So New Life Manitou, would you warmly greet Daniel Gross? Love you, Joseph Paul Kirkendall III. Hello, New Life Manitou. The Manitoids are in the house. It is really good to be with you today. I just can't get over what the Spirit of the Lord is doing here. I looked up during worship and Jonas David Pacquiam was playing Cajon this morning, leading in worship on the drums. Jonas is 12 years old. Would you give it up for this man of God? Gracious. I mean, you, you, that's an answer to our prayers. We've been praying for decades around New Life Church. Lord, raise up the next generation that will take it and carry it on. And then you look up on a Sunday and it's happening. And so you got to celebrate it. And so great job, Jonas. Uh, Joseph is over here. And last week, Joseph is 14 years old. He gave his life to Jesus last week. Would you give it up for Joseph over here? A man of God, absolute stallion. We are glad you're here, Joseph. We're proud of you. And um, uh, we're continuing our series, Who is God? And that's a real good question for a church to ask. <laughs> Who is God? And we're talking Father, God the Father for eight weeks. And last week you kicked off this portion of the series, Who is God the Son? And we'll, we'll pick up there today talking about Jesus. Uh, but I just gotta say how much I love uh, Joe and Erica and their four men of God. Like Joe said, we've been working together 17 years, and uh, the scripture says, a faithful man who can find. And we found one, and 
And these two are special. Uh, They love the Lord, purity of heart, innocent, clean, servants. Uh, It just makes perfect sense to see what God is doing here because of great leadership. So could we just say praise the Lord for the Kirkendall family and for the team here? So uh, what I want to do here is pray, and then we'll read two texts today, two portions of red letters. Jesus is talking. So I want to put two texts in front of you today and draw out two things that I think are important for us when we're thinking about God the Son, Jesus Christ, who he is, what he does. And so let's invite the Spirit of the Lord here. Lord, we say, come and move by your Spirit. We did not come today to be entertained. We did not come today to hear a a gimmicky talk. We did not come today because we're bored. We came today because we believe that from of old, you are the God who speaks. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void and darkness hovered over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was brooding over the primordial waters and into that situation, the scripture tells us, and God said, let there be light. And Lord, we come in today with so much darkness. We come in today with questions about the future. We come in today with anxieties and fears that we're trying to keep at bay and give over to you. And we need you to hover over that by the Spirit today, and say, let there be light. So for every saint in this place today, let there be light. Every child downstairs, let there be light. Lord, we need your wisdom today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and there's a lot that we could say about Jesus. He is the endlessly fascinating one. Uh, bored Christians, to be a bored Christian, it's a self-inflicted wound. Because if you just open the scriptures, if you pay attention to Jesus, if you watch him, if you, if you invite the spirit to open your imagination, and if you pay attention, you will find him the endlessly fascinating one. The depths can never be plumbed fully. Jesus is the son of the living God who was and is and is to come And today we devote our attention to him. And I want to put these two texts in front of you for your consideration. These are words from Jesus. So hear the word of the Lord out of Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Jesus is talking and it says, they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and he led him outside the village When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, uh, Jesus asked, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, the blind man looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. (laughs) Like, I know that I know something's going on and I, I imagine it's good, but and I'm, I'm grateful for the progress. I mean, better, better this than wh- where I was, you know. I see people, but they're like trees walking around, still kind of blurry. I, uh, it's out of focus. It's not, it's not right. Once more, Jesus put his hands, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then his eyes were opened, and his sight was restored, and he saw, ex- he saw everything clearly. I want you to see today, I was talking with, on Friday night, we had a man from London, England, 72-year-old Ken Costa. He's, a, he's what I would consider a sage. And we talked through these two texts, and, 
And so if you were there on Friday night, you'll, you'll hear some similarities here. The second touch I want you to see today, the first thing that stands out in this text is the second touch of Jesus. We all need the second touch of Jesus. We all need Jesus to keep clearing things up for us. I'm so glad for, uh, for the moments where Jesus came in and, and he helped me and I was on the brink and I was confused and I had questions and there were seasons of deep anxiety and seasons of waywardness and Jesus came and he took me by the hand and he led me outside of the city. He, I need to get you alone for a minute. I need to take you out of your environment that you're comfortable with. I need to extract you from the situation that you were sort of enmeshed in. He he took me by the hand and he led me outside of the city and he goes, is it it better? (laughs) I'm grateful for those moments where he helped me see things, things that I used to think were normal, things that I used to think were good, things that I, rhythms and routines and habits that I used to live in. And Jesus took me by the hand and he led me away from them and he helped me see a little more clearly, but I still needed further clearing up. I needed Jesus to touch my eyes the second time and to help me see. I I saw people like trees walking around and that was better, but I needed more clarity. Jesus is the one who will continue to give us clarity along the road of life. We don't ever graduate from needing an encounter with Jesus. I've been following Jesus, I'm 39. My parents are pastors. I'm, I'm a son of the house of God. My whole life has been in the church and I will for the rest of my life until they put my body in the ground, I will continue to need Jesus to touch my eyes and to clear things up for me. You don't ever graduate. You don't ever get to mail it in. You don't ever get to cut corners. You have never fully arrived. Jesus Christ is the one who can help us see and we spend our lives coming back. This is why I come to church every week because I need Jesus to take me by the hand and to lead me out of the week that I have lived and I need him to touch my eyes a second time. I need the second touch. Can you say amen today, Manitou? I need Jesus to clear up my sight. Things are blurry for us. We don't always see what we should be doing with our money. <laughs> Lisa and I, we're, we're in a, a fresh season of, of looking at how we're living and looking at what we're spending. We're saying, Lord, what do you want us? What are the priorities for this year, Lord? What are you asking of us? And we sense that he's challenging us to be, to, to be sort of live by scary faith like be aggressive, to take chances. To, Lord, he's given us a number for the year that he, he wants us to give. And that kind of makes me lose my breath. You know, for you, some of you are like, oh, bless your heart. But for us, it's, it's like, it's scary, you know? Jesus is clearing up our, our eyesight. We see things blurly and, and we, we need him to show us about friendships. We need him to, to give us a second touch about friendships, about how we lead our three little human beings. I mean, gosh, 14 years old, Lillian Carroll, and, and Wilson James is 12, and Wakely Daniel, he'll turn 10 next week. And I mean, t- greatest gift God has ever given us, and also the scariest thing we could ever do with our lives. <laughs> Pastor Brady says, you know, raising children is like jumping out of a plane. You get to do it once, and you hope you land. <laughs> you know, like, Lord, have mercy. Help us raise these humans. You know, at some point it will be our fault. <laughs> you know, like give us, Jesus, we, 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 you've, you've led us away from our old view of how to do it and you've, you've given us more clarity, but we need further clarity as they're, as they're growing up, as they're becoming teenagers. Show us what to do. 
We need clarity on our jobs. We need clarity on how to take care of our bodies. We're always needing the second touch of the spirit. So I'll just say it this way. There are some things that we all need to take a second look at. Right now, I want you to think about what you might need to take a second look at. Maybe you need to take a a look at a broken friendship. It's been a few years since you've caught up with that person or, or you've been kind of in touch, but, but there's some things that need to be said. You know, the devil works in the silences and, and sort of creates these assumptions. And, and maybe you've been around that person for the last few years since a moment where there was a, a, a loss of trust and, and maybe you just need to name it. Maybe you need to press into it. You need Jesus to give you a second touch about this relationship. Maybe you need some friendships that you've invested in. They aren't edifying. Maybe what you need to see is who you need to separate from. Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with wise people will be wise. A companion of fools will be destroyed. (laughs) And, And maybe it used to work five years ago and maybe Jesus is taking you by the hand and leading you out of the city and he's touching your eyes again about a relationship that worked back then but that will not work the same way into the future. Maybe Jesus is going to give you clarity on some of your friendships. You need to take a second look at your budget, a second look at your calendar. People will tell me, you know, uh, really, sometimes I'll just say to people, hey, would you show me what a normal week in your life is like? You just look at your calendar, print it out, and get out a a highlighter and a pen, and, and, and I can almost see what your priorities are by looking at your calendar. Maybe it's the time to take a second look at how you're spending your time. And Lisa and I have been praying for uh, this person in our lives for over a year. There's been some just, you know, you watch someone and you feel like they're about to head off a cliff and you're like, stop, would you please, like, we'll help you, whatever you need, we'll give it to you. But I don't know if you know that you're heading off the cliff, stop. And I've been praying for this person. Lisa's been praying for this person. It's been one of the great aches of our life. And you know what? I woke up this morning and I looked at my phone and there was a text message from this person who I've been waiting for them to ask for help. And this morning at 5.30 a.m., they asked for help. And we've been saying, Lord, give them a second touch. Lord, open their eyes. Lord, they're blurry. And Lord, I'm blurry. I, I know they're, I'm not just saying all those other people out there. God is, God is giving me a second touch. But there are those people in your life that you, you, maybe it's a prodigal child you've been praying for for a decade. Lord, open their eyes. Friends, today, we all need to take a second look. Jesus is the one who will take us by the hand and lead us out and show us This is all throughout scripture, Psalm 119. The the ancient Hebrews, they would pray as they would gather together, 119, 18, says, open my eyes that I I may see wondrous things out of your law. This is what they would pray when they would gather. And in the morning, they would get up and before they would open the Torah, they say, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things out of your law. This is normal for us to live like this and to pray these prayers. Isaiah 6, verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. He was seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. There was a great geopolitical shift. The king had died. I mean, think about Putin and Zelensky. Think about what's going on all over the globe. There are these 
great geopolitical moments. And in these moments, Isaiah says, you know, you can see the Lord do something. I saw the Lord in the, in the year that King Uzziah died. And he showed me the, the truest reality, which is his, his robe filling the temple with glory. Paul in Ephesians 1, he says, I keep asking that the God, and I want you to hear this as a prayer over us today. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that he may open your eyes so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You see, it's not just physical sight. (laughs) I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. Friends, we need the second touch of Jesus to give us clarity. I remember it was about six years ago, and six, seven years ago, the, the elders started sensing a real desire for Manitou Springs. And God has, we've got eight congregations all over the city, right? We've got downtown, you've got New Life East, you've got Nueva Vida over on the southeast side, you've got the Chinese congregation up north and up north and Friday night. We've got so many great things going on around the city, but we knew as an eldership and as a pastoral team that God was speaking to us about Manitou Springs. And so we were praying about that. We, you know, he, he took our hand and he led us out and, and he did something, but it was still blurry. We couldn't really see what was going on, but Lord, we know you've put it in our hearts to have a congregation in Manitou Springs. And I remember one day I was in prayer carrying that burden with our pastoral team and I was at my house. It was, uh, I'd worked with Dr. Joe and, and Erica for 12 years and the mill and the new life Friday night and so many great moments and But about six years ago, I was in prayer saying, Lord, Manitou, Manitou, Manitou. And I felt like the Lord said to me one day, I have already given you the man of Manitou. He's right there. He's on your team. Like you you go to the office every day with Dr. Joe Kirkendall. I've already given you the man of Manitou. We're praying, Lord, Manitou Springs, what are you saying? What are you doing? And the Lord's like, hello, (laughs) He's, he, he can't walk into a coffee shop without people all over this region going, hey, Dr. Joe, I mean, total pagans. What's up, Dr. Joe? How's church? You know? How you doing? Tell me about the Bible, bro. And I got a theology question. And people, you know, the recreational weed hub of the universe down here. And they all just love and respect and honor and venerate the Kirkendalls. Why? Because they're the people of Manitou Springs. And it's like in in this moment, the Lord began to reveal to our team, like, I've given you a burden, but I've also given you the people. It's right there. We We had blurry eyes. Jesus gave us a second touch. Boom, there it is. And here we are five years later, six years later. And don't look now, but the kingdom of God is coming and the will of God is being done in Manitou Springs as it is in heaven. Can you say amen today? Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes and then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. So I want to say to you today about this first text, spend the rest of your life praying for Jesus to open your eyes. Every day of your life, get up and say, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. Lord, in, in, as the world is shaking and politics are, you know, just chaos and confusion and fear and as family issues arise and as economic, uh, you know, the, 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 
the market shifts and so much uncertainty. Lord, open my eyes. In the, in the year that King Uzziah died, Lord, would you help me see you in the middle of this moment? Saints, this is what we do. We get out of bed in the morning and we say, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. Jesus, you have led me away from my old life. You've taken me by the hand. You're with me but would you give me a second touch because I need further clarity. That's the first thing. Spend the rest of your life asking for Jesus to open your eyes. The second text that I wanna read to you today is out of Luke chapter 13. And it says, then he told this parable, Jesus is talking, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any fruit. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard. So there's a master, an owner, and then there's a, a man working out on the fields, the caretaker of the vineyard. For three years now, the master says, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and I haven't found any and I'm done. The master, the master's done. Cut it down. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? But, but, but this person out in the fields, the one working the trees, he says, sir, Leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. And of course, the one uh, who is Jesus represented here, the, the, what God is saying here is God is the one out working. God knows what's going on. <laughs> this one was impatient, you know, cut it down. And this one goes, hey, there's, there's a future here that I can imagine, just give me a chance. Let me work around it for another year. Let me take a risk here. And, and then if, fine, we'll, we'll sort that out. But give it one more year. What stands out to me is that Jesus seems to be the one who is willing to take another chance on us. <laughs> How many times should my life have been cut down? I mean, just stupid. Don't you know, like... You were raised as a pastor's kid. You know better. Just shut it down. Cut it down. It's over. Man, if I were God, I would have cut so many trees down. I, would have, I, I just would have. You ungrateful. What in the world? You, I, don't you know how many chances I've given you? Don't you know? You knew this. Your parents told you that. Your Christian school that you were raised in told you that. Your Christian college that you went to, they told you knew. You knew. And, and you're going to walk away from Cut it down. That's what I would have done if I were God. And Jesus is this endlessly merciful Savior who just sees a future that none of us can. All we see is a fruit that hasn't borne, or a tree that hasn't borne fruit in three years. And Jesus sees something else. Speaking of the one who's got clear sight. <laughs> Jesus, he goes, hang on, let's give it one more year. I want you to see that he is the God of the second chance. He's the God of the second chance. He's the God who just keeps coming at us. He's the God who just keeps extending mercy. He's the God who keeps believing in us. He's the God who from of old can remember the dreams that he's always had in his heart. Because, you know, before God said, let there be light and there was, God said in his heart, before all time, let there be you. <laughs> God dreamed you up before the foundations of the world were in place. God saw you. God knew you. you. You are here today and I am here today because God has willed us into existence. God has a future for us that he carries in his heart. He's the God of the second chance. But here's what I want you to see about this text that I think is so important is that Jesus doesn't ignore a genuine problem. 
He doesn't ignore a genuine problem. He doesn't go, oh, it's, it's fine. I'm okay with just having dead trees all over the property. And we'll just, yes, fine. No, Jesus does not ignore a genuine problem. The tree was fruitless for three years. It was a concern. Something is wrong. The, the system isn't working. This parable is willing to name the areas of desolation and death. This parable looks the problem squarely in the face and addresses what's genuinely going on. God is not the God who looks away. God is the God who looks at the problem and he presses into the problem and he addresses it. Jesus, what does he do in this story? He, he talks about the, the one working the tree and he digs out around the the base of it and he fertilizes it and he waters it and he's bringing manure over and he's paying attention. He, like, he doesn't ignore the problem. But Jesus also doesn't seem to think things are hopeless. Jesus doesn't seem to think all the options have been exhausted. Jesus doesn't seem to think fruitlessness is the final word on any given situation. And I need you to hear that today because all of us have, have stretches of our lives where there's fruitlessness. We have sections of our lives, portions of our lives where it just feels like we're intractably stuck. And when will my life ever bear fruit? And, and will my life ever bear fruit? And Jesus doesn't seem to think that fruitlessness is the final word on any given situation. He doesn't seem to think that death is the ultimate authority. <laughs> Jesus has different vision. So what I want to say today is that this is the year to press in and give it another shot. Think about the areas of your life where it's been fruitless and difficult and barren and, and it's been heartbreaking and, and, and you've been angry at yourself and you've beaten yourself up and you, I'll never, and oh, and you start self-loathing and self-hatred is piled on you. And, and Jesus doesn't seem to think that, that has to be the end of your story. Jesus is willing to give it another shot, but will we be willing to give it another shot? Will we do the work of digging out around the base of the tree and bringing over the fertilizer and watering it? To, today, what I want you to see is that it's time to press back into those areas this year. I was talking with, with my, my brother back here before the service, and he told me he was six months and 11 days sober. Six months, and I mean, Jesus Christ is changing his life, and he's got bounce in his step, and he's got hope for his future, and he's got business plans that he's drawing up. And like six months and 12 days ago, he said, I was ready for it to be over. Six months and 11 days later, he's here going, man, who knows what God can do? And, and here's what he's already done. And I've got fruit that I can show you in the last six months and 11 days. And he's now counseling guys who are going to AA. <laughs> and these guys are going, yeah, I want to get better. But the, the one thing I'm hung up on is that higher power. I'm not doing that higher power stuff. And he said to them, well, how's that working out for you? <laughs> I mean, when you got six months and 11 days under your belt, you can talk to these guys who are struggling to stay, you know, stay on the track for seven days. And you, how's that working out for you? Are you willing to do the work is what you said to them. And brother, I am so proud of you for doing the work. And I see the fruit popping in your life. And I see the joy in your heart. And I see the countenance on your face that's changed. And friends, Will you do the work? God wants to bring fruit, but will we do the work of digging out around the old scene of fruitlessness and, and fertilizing it and watering it? God is willing to partner with us to see fruitfulness come. Can you say amen today? Amen. The man working in the vineyard 
He said, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. Leave it alone for one more year. And so what I wanna say to you today is that this gets to be the year of focused attention on the problem. This gets to be the year where we, we, we name it, we look at it, we can put it down on paper, we can detail where it hasn't worked in the last three or four years, but we can do it with hope knowing that this is the Jesus who, who is willing to give us a second chance. This is the Jesus who doesn't see death as the end of the story. This is the Jesus who doesn't settle for fruitfulness to be the final, fruitlessness to be the final word. Jesus can do what we cannot do on our own. Friends, this is the year for the focused attention, the extra measure to take the next steps. Maybe you need to jump into counseling for the first time. Maybe you need to join a small group. Maybe you need to be a part of the men's group. And maybe you need to have someone like our brother lay hands on you and speak life over you, what God is doing in him and impart that into you. But it's the year to have a dedicated time of targeted attention toward the fruitlessness in our lives. And maybe it's time to dig around your money and fertilize it again. Maybe it's time to dig around friendships and fertilize them again. Maybe it's time to dig around your interactions with your children and, and, and quiet times or bedtimes that, you know, introduce new routines and read the scriptures and pray and fertilize that and see what happens in another year. Give it a year, mark the calendar, and say, Jesus, I invite you into this fruitlessness because I believe that you have something that you can do about it. What I want you to see today is that Jesus is the God of the second touch and Jesus is the God of the second chance. Jesus is the one who is here to take you by the hand and to lead you out of your comfortable, normal environment outside of that situation. And, and, and he's here to give you further clarity. And then he's the one who'll keep touching your eyes and wake up in the morning and say, open my eyes that I might see. And, and God, show me the way forward and give me your wisdom on this situation and give me your wisdom on this relationship. God, I don't know what to do, but I look to you. God is here today to give you further clarity. He's the God the second touch, and he's also the God of the second chance. And as I was in prayer on Friday and again today about this service, I had this distinct sense that there are some people here that are just overwhelmed and, and you, have, you have been inundated with self-hatred because of decisions you've made in the past. And the enemy's voice, it's not God's voice, oh, you knew better. The enemy's voice is you knew better and you're stupid and you're stuck and you'll always do that stupid thing and you're, and you're good for nothing. And maybe you're hearing an old tape of some of the most important people in your life, maybe a parent or a coach or a teacher, someone who spoke death over you and that is the tape that's playing in your soul and in your psyche and self-hatred has overtaken you. And I'm here today to tell you that Jesus is here to rebuke those lies. Jesus is the God of the second chance. Jesus is the one who said, let's go, let's go. I've got you. There is a future for you. So today, saints, would you open up your hands and would you open up your hearts and would you close your eyes? I, I want us to enter into a time of prayer here. I want to speak blessing over you about these two areas. So Lord, today, for my friends who need a second touch, I pray today that they would feel the hands of Jesus on their eyes and on their hearts and on their minds, on their souls. Jesus, would you touch us and would you heal us? 
Jesus, would you give us clarity? Jesus, would you show us the way? Would you show us how to live? Would you show us what has been leading us to death? And would you give us a clear picture of the future that you're leading us into? Jesus, take us by the hand. Walk us outside of the city and touch our eyes a second time. I pray, Lord, for my friends today that they would experience the second touch of the spirit of Jesus, that you would give them clarity that is supernatural, that you would give them wisdom for the future. Lord, touch my friends and open their eyes. The second thing, Jesus, we're asking for you to be the God of the second chance for us today. And Lord, I rebuke every bit of self-hatred in Jesus' name. Everything, those old memories, you think, some of you think that you will never be better than the very worst thing you ever did. And in Jesus' name, I rebuke it. I drive it out. And I thank you, Lord, today that my friends will begin to hear the voice from heaven. This is my daughter whom I love. In her, I am well pleased. This is my son whom I love. In him, I am well pleased. Lord, I pray that, that the grit and the faith that our brother has, has uh, stood in to be sober six months and 11 days, I pray that you would give all of us that. The willingness to fight through and to stand and to endure and to follow you and to, to partner with you toward our healing. Lord, I pray that fruit would abound from our lives. Where there has been areas of desolation, three and four and five and 10 years, Lord, I pray we'll give it one more year and watch you. Lord, as we partner with you, dig around it and fertilize it and water it, Lord, we'll, we'll, sh we'll show up next year. March of next year, and we'll see fruit popping from our lives. So Lord, I pray over my friends today. Bless them and keep them and make your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lord, smile big on this beautiful congregation here in Manitou Springs and grant them and all of their people peace. And I pray these things today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. So much love to you, Manitou. Amen. Would you stand with me, the band? You can come up here.